Hello and welcome to Too Rash, Too Unadvised, the occasionally thoughtful read-through of Too Like the Lightning, give or take the sequels. My name is Liam Nolan. And mine's Wawero Kiryuki. And today, we are discussing Chapter 20. If you want to ask us any questions, or be on the show, please feel free to reach out to us at tooRash2Unadvised at gmail.com. That's two is in the number two, and I may check that, so no spoilers, please. Also, support us, and more importantly, our editor on Patreon. With that out of the way, and many thanks to our lord and savior, Wes. An eternal tyrant, who I will, of course, kill. Let's get on with the show. Okay, so, chapter 20... Huge chapter. This one came out of the blue. I wasn't expecting it at all. Mycroft keeps a secret under questioning. For the first time <laughs> in this entire story. What Biggest is happening? Biggest change. Biggest change in the chapter. <laughs> I could not believe. I genuinely could not believe it. I, read, I went back and I reread that page just to make sure I wasn't missing what was going on. But no, someone tells Mycroft to tell them something. And he goes... No, I can't tell you that thing. Double thumbs up, Mycroft. You're doing better. Keep it up. Ironically, this was not a good chapter to be praising Mycroft in. Yeah. <laughs> to say it mildly. Yeah. All right, but what do we actually open on? I don't know how we want to do this. Do you want to, to go on the, on, the, on the clear new stuff first, or just go chronologically, or what? Well, we open... Let, let's let's shoot for chronological, but not be too picky about it. I think this is mm -hmm. inevitably going to be a shorter episode, because we only did one chapter, but I have a lot to talk about. Um, yeah. So Dominic has raided the trash cave that Bridger lives in, but yes. didn't actually find Bridger due mostly to good luck. Uh, yeah. That's surprising to me. I really thought Dominic would have found Bridger. Well, I think he's on the track, right? It's not like he's not found him yet. That's true. He's clearly... He knew enough to look in the trash cave. And found probably a lot of evidence about where Bridger is, what he's like. Where yes. He's going. And one of the other huge revelations that we get... Bridger has a tracker. Why does Bridger have a tracker? Who has been letting that happen? It's called a tracker, and he's a secret Christ allegory. What's going on here? I think if you have a kid and they don't have a tracker physically on them, like a, something that looks like a tracker, then, like, that's suspicious. Okay, but he lives in a cave. Suspicious to whom? He goes to field, on field trips. He goes to Kato's Science Club. Bridger is in Kato's Science Club? Yeah. This was covered in the ethics chapter with, uh, with Carlisle. That went right over my head. I think it's like an offhand reference. He starts talking about like how many pretzels could I eat, and then it's like, well, next time you go to Cato oh, Science Club, right. you can figure that ask. That did happen. So Cato knows Bridger, but doesn't know. I assume that he's uh, living below him in a cave. <laughs> right. Yeah. Okay. Um, I guess that explains why Bridger has a tracker. But we know he looks at stuff on his tracker too. Like it's it's functional. Why is no one noticing what's going on? I also think trackers have means something different. Like a tracker tracks, 
but also does other right. things. A lot of other they, things. Maybe even mostly other things. Same way that my phone... It sounds like a smartphone. Yeah. My phone calls, but it also does mostly other things. I don't use it mostly to call. Well, your phone also tracks you, to be fair. Yeah. <laughs> it's actually a very close allegory to draw. No, not allegory. Alla, no. Alliteration, no. Assonance, no. What's the word I'm looking for? The thing that's not a metaphor. Yes. What's that? Oh, uh... <laughs> I bet if I Google not a metaphor, it will come up. Try it. Yeah, my associates in English is really backing me up here. Thank God accreditation is so important. It turns out this is a whole thing about... Oh, it's allegory. Hmm. No, totally an allegory right. is a story that's intended to draw parallels to some Simile. other real-world thing. Simile! Mm, that's not quite it either. Well, we wanted to get corrected more last episode. That's going to happen whenever this gets released. Oh, certainly. Yeah. There is a word. So, listeners, go ahead and tell me what it is. Um, okay, so we get that. We find out that Mycroft keeps a secret. We find out Mycroft can take off his tracker, and he doesn't have his tracker on when he's in the cave. So that might be how he's defeating the system. I'm still not sure how that works. I thought that he was able to do it because he had a bad, a messed up ear. And so I figured, oh, because his ear is kind of mauled, maybe he can just work it off somehow. But it sounds like trackers are removable in general, because Thisbe took hers off too. Yes. So I don't really know what's going on with that. Um, and we find out that Occam is upset because Thisbe has had Carlisle over so many times, and it's super suspicious. And Occam probably yeah. has a point. Three time, five times in the last three days. Occam's exact words something like, um, a sensor is not a safe mark for you, which is a weird thing to say. Well, I think he's implying she's, like, running a con job. That's fair. That's, that's still unusual. You don't usually run con jobs on people we meet. I don't, anyway. Maybe Thisbe does. She is a witch. Mm. It'd be great if this be being a witch is just Mycroft not understanding what a con artist is. <laughs> You're not wrong. That would actually be a delightful <laughs> turnaround halfway through this book. Uh, and then we get into the real meat and potatoes of the chapter. Mm -hmm. It turns out Carlisle did not know that Mycroft was Mycroft Canner. So you were yeah. right. Uh... And we finally get some more details about what's going on with Mycroft. Carlyle claims he's the most evil person in the world, which sets a pretty clear cap on maximum evil in this world. And it's mm -hmm. it's a lower cap than I would have expected, actually. Yeah, I think that's right. It's it's there are many people in uh, the world currently who have like, are in the running for most evil person. A lot of them have done a lot worse things than Mycroft. Yes. Let's start right out of the gate. Let's like try to minimize Mycroft's crimes. <laughs> yeah, let's just, let's get this out up front. I officially disapprove of torture and murder. And rape. Just to be clear, I suspect I'm going to do some minor minimizing of Mycroft's crimes as we go on. Because I know the way that I talk about things. So, if anyone starts quote mining me later, and you've come back to check what the context is... I do not approve of torture and or murder of people, or most animals. Rape, rape is also important. Yeah, that too. Yeah. 
I mean, maybe that falls under torture, really. That's fair, especially Mycroft does it. Yeah, it sounds like he... Mycroft goes a little bit overboard, it sounds like. Um, uh, that's one way of saying it, yeah. Yeah, he, he could have used, I don't know, maybe someone tell him to just dial it back a couple dozen notches. But we'll get into that, I imagine. Um, I want to stick on Mycroft being the most evil person in the world for a minute. Mm-hmm. I genuinely was of the impression that Carlisle would have believed, say, Jed Mason was in the running for his first law violation stuff. But oh. it sounds as though maybe he takes it so seriously because the rest of everything has become so non-evil, right? Like, I kind of assumed that there was just a bunch of murdering going on all the time. But this has given me the impression that perhaps he's only so upset about these, what seem to me, minor transgressions, because they're the only transgressions that are really left. He did, the story did specifically tell you that murder is rare, several times. You just didn't believe it. Well, I didn't believe it, yes. Because it also tells me about a bunch of murders that happen in the space (laughs) of like a week. So it can pretend murder is rare all at once. Murder is all I'm hearing about. All right, so I have some notes on the rest of this chapter where we hear about stuff that Mycroft has done. And mm-hmm. I think I think the way that we should probably approach this is to kind of go through those and tell the listeners that the rest of the framing device here is a conversation between Occam, Thisbe, and Carlyle about Mycroft, for which Mycroft is present, but largely not a participant. He has one response. And it's to Carlisle asking why he's smiling. Yeah. Wait, why he's smiling? Yeah. I didn't catch on to the fact that he was smiling. I thought Carlisle was asking why he had done all of those things. No, no. Uh, Carlisle. So Carlisle's got the list of, of his cro- going through his victims. And then he looks at, at, at Mycroft, and Mycroft is smiling, and he starts. Uh, as he gets to Ebis, and. Mycroft smiles, and Carlisle screams at him, why are you smiling? And Mycroft said, oh, I thought, I guess this would be the, the one that hit you the most hardest. Oh, oh, that's right. I, I recall that now. Yes. Yeah. I read this a few days ago and then skimmed it this morning in advance of the podcast. Um, in any case, so we get some detail. Let me, let, me, let me hit my notes here instead, actually. For some reason... Should we talk about what Mycroft did? Do you think that makes the most sense? I'm going to be putting all the co- all content warnings on this, so I think we're, we're clear to do it. I don't know if it's the... No, I mean chronologically. All right, so we find oh, out Mycroft yeah. killed at least 17 people. Um, yeah. Most of them he t- t- killed for a very long time. So what do we mm-hmm. got? Uh, we'll hit these kind of in more detail if they're relevant to something. He kept one guy alive for like five days and pulled out his teeth and flayed him uh, Mm -hmm. and then put him in a wicker man like from the film wicker man yes we find out he went all temple of doom on like seven people trying to do that thing where he pulls out your heart and then shows it to you but couldn't quite Mm -hmm. make it happen in fact he muses that there must have been a secret to that that we knew back in the day but we it's been lost to time so he seems Mm -hmm. to think he could pull it off given enough additional people to pull the heart out of yeah. Uh, one woman, he did some 
some pretty severe amputations on and then cooked does mycroft have a medical background he it sounds like he kept these people alive for a lot longer than i would have anticipated like ibis he says was alive after a beating uh, a full four limb amputation and half of a cooking and i like half cooked is a lot of cooked yeah i'm not we don't know i didn't get the sense people were fundamentally much tougher in this future but i guess they are and Kohaku, we find out he was actually possibly that one's up in the air, the person who killed him. I want to come back to how he failed to do the blood thing with he Kohaku. He didn't kill later. Kohaku. I mean, he's. Well, he said he was the second, so he did. No, he. Being yes. the second doesn't mean necessarily that you kill him, it means you're ready to kill him. I. I I'm pretty sure they were supposed to do the killing. That's because most people didn't actually go through a full seppuku because it's just super unpleasant. So bad. Yeah, it doesn't sound fun. Um, so you think you just let him get through the whole thing? I think Kohaku got through the whole thing. Microsoft came later to kill him. Found he had already killed himself and written on on the wall of blood. Interesting. See, that does justify the the smearing situation. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe that is how that timeline worked out. And then do we get anyone else in specific? We know there were a bunch. But I think that gives a fair overview of the kind of thing we're talking about. Um, Yeah. Has Mycroft referenced contemporary to us media, by the way? I don't think so. I don't know he cares so much about us. He cares a lot about the 18th century and 19th. That's true. A little bit about the 19th century, but not really about us. I wonder, exclusively because so many of the things that he is listed as having done seem like pop cultural references to me. You know, we've got Indiana Jones going in there. We have Wicker Man. We have uh, someone who he, what, uh, cooked and then fed some of themselves to, right? Going all Mm -hmm. Hannibal Lecter. Do you think that's intentional, or if I just read too many crime dramas? Like, is was Mycroft... Mycroft's lost self, who we hear about, and I want to get into my theory on later, um, was that character doing this for, for referential reasons, or is this just a a coincidence? I don't know. We don't get any ref- He doesn't talk about us a lot, so I don't think so, but it could be. And like a lot of the things you're talking about aren't... The reason why they show up in our media is because they've been present, because our media is searching history for the, the worst things people did to other people. I agree. I One or two I wouldn't have probably paid much attention to, but I distinctly remember getting the feeling reading through the chapter that I had heard almost all of these things before. I hadn't heard what happened to Ibis happen to anyone. Like, maybe I'm, maybe I'm overconnecting. Reduction to cannibalism? But Ibis's case seems incomplete. Well, yeah, there was there was some other stuff going. You know what? Maybe you're right. Maybe I am overconnecting dots that don't necessarily need to be connected. In any case, Carlisle is very upset at Mycroft. And all of these world leaders, in retrospect, seem weirdly comfortable being around Mycroft, given that they all know this is something that he did. Yes. So here's my theory. Mycroft talks a number of times in this chapter about his lost self, mm-hmm. and that his lost self would have felt a certain way about, for example, driving a senseier to call for his execution, mm-hmm. or uh, 
I think two or three times we cousin. get a reference to that. A cousin, that's right. We know that after Mycroft was captured, he was found to be operating under the law of the Masons, who allowed for executions, mm-hmm. and that everyone assumed he had been executed, and the Emperor just kind of let that happen. Mm-hmm. I think the Mycroft we see now is too distinct a character to have been the character who did these other things. And the fact that he keeps talking about himself as a 17-year-old and the edgiest of all edgy teens as a different person suggests to me that instead of killing him, the Emperor, or very possibly Jed Mason, did something literally to Mycroft to change him into the person that we see now. You know, maybe lobotomies have gotten a lot better by the time we move forward this chunk. Maybe they've implanted something into his brain to make him docile and obedient in a way that he wasn't before. I'm not sure what the specifics of this must be, but my prediction is that we're going to find his lost self was literally lost to him as in was erased by some method we do not yet know, potentially on the council of Jed Mason so he could have a new pet, but certainly on the order of the Emperor, and that there's some reason that he would be important enough to keep around all the most important people in the world. Because he would certainly be an ideal candidate. If you had a way to make all prisoners potential servicer candidates, and you wanted to trial by fire test it, Mycroft Canner, as described as the worst murderer you've had going in hundreds of years, he's the guy you'd want to try it on. Mm-hmm. We'll see. So, yes, we will see. I'm getting that one out there. I think Mycroft and his lost self is more literal than poetic. It's the first time I'm making that kind of guess, I think, on this show. <laughs> Usually I go the other way. <laughs> okay. All right, let me look let me look at some of my other notes here and and see what else we've got. Mycroft calls this be a witch. Um yes. Oh, so Carlisle, I think the the secret that Mycroft keeps is whether he's in a cult. Oh yeah. He might be in a cult. He I would say that he probably is in a cult. I mean, look look at his response, right? Yes, uh no. Well, no. He's like not a very firm response. Especially in comparison to Chagatai's, would you th- let? Would you think I would work for someone who would break the first law? What do you think of me? Yeah, it, I'm not saying he did a great job keeping the secret, but he did a job keeping the secret. Um, good for him. Good for okay. him. In fact, his inability to keep secrets may be part of this brain injection that I'm postulating. I suppose you would want your potential murderer to have to tell you if he murdered someone again. That would explain a couple things about Mycroft that have been difficult to explain previously. I wish I'd remembered... I wish I'd thought of this two chapters ago. It would have been a much more impressive deduction before I had more evidence. You would have to... This sort of relies a little bit on how incredibly intense Mycroft crimes, Mycroft's crimes, crimes are. And how big a disconnection he makes between uh, his previous self, the self that did the crimes, and the present self. Yes. It would have been a wild, out-of-the-blue swing. But that would have made it a much more impressive deduction to have made. (laughs) Yeah. 
Uh, uh, so yeah, I suspect that not only was his brain adjusted, I think all the most important people in the world know that his brain was adjusted. And that's both why they are comfortable being around him and keep bothering to get him to do things. So there's probably some extra clauses to this that I haven't put together yet. It explains why he knows everyone, though. Um, yeah, Mycroft did some crimes. Crimes feel like overkill. Does Mycroft have a medical background? I've covered... He was there for Kotaku. We covered... He has a familiaris armband. Does that is that even possible for a regular servicer, by the way? I don't know. We know about that. It we don't seemed know. weird that he kept it in his pocket, at the very least. Well, I think it's uh, to not... Yes, a reason. One second. Because very few services are familiaris because of the Emperor. If you are familiaris and you mess up, you, you get tortured, you don't get servicered. Hmm. That makes sense. Um, but we find out he has the armband at the very least, and it is showing the armband while saying he has to go do something. Mycroft gets a call from the Emperor in the middle of this conversation and says, mm -hmm. I'm leaving. Uh, and Occam says, no, we're going to sort this thing out with Carlisle before everything collapses even further than it has. Mm -hmm. And he tries again, Occam says no, and then he pulls out the armband. And Occam relents and lets him leave to go deal with whatever the Emperor wants. And he's agreed, mm -hmm. or at least offered, to come back and answer all of Carlisle's questions about why he's so evil. As soon as he's done dealing with the guy who could have him executed. Mm -hmm. um, Carlisle is very upset that Mycroft Canner is still alive and also is like raising a child. And to Carlisle's credit, I would be concerned if, I don't know, I guess Hitler would be our contemporary Mycroft Canner stand-in. If I found well, I out that Hitler was not only still alive, but raising a child inside a landfill, I'd be concerned for the child. In addition, like, Bridger is not a normal child. He's very, very powerful. Yes. Like, imagine if Hitler could just, like, wish away all of the minorities he wants to get rid of. It would be potentially quite bad. Yeah. Speaking of that kind of apocalypse, we hear about the no-no box. The no-no box yeah. feels to me like a god-awful, terrible idea. <laughs> I don't know why they keep them around, but having an idea of what not to touch seems like a good idea to... Good thing to impress on Bridger. For sure. I'm on board for have things that we all understand you can't touch. But why are we having him sleep five feet away from the black hole toy? <laughs> Put it somewhere else. A box is not containment enough. That is reasonable. It's not... Let's see. This B thinks it's a bad idea. Mycroft also thinks it's a bad idea, which leaves the soldiers, or maybe Mama Doll, who thinks it's a good idea. I don't feel like it would be Mama Doll. It's probably the soldiers. Right? I wonder why the soldiers. Yeah, I think that's well, true. Well, because now they have a nuclear option at their disposal. <sighs> I guess. It's a threat like, very against... literally. <laughs> yeah. If things came down to it, Bridger could, in fact, end the Earth whenever he felt like it. That's a powerful negotiating chip for someone who thinks you might in fact play it. Especially if you're like an inch tall. I don't know if it's more frightening if you're an inch tall. I think a it's... person of any size should be frightened by a black hole the size of a tennis ball. Well, I, think, I don't think it's more frightening if you're small. But if you're small and you have a nuke, 
and that's like the only thing you have, then it makes <laughs> it more important. All right, fair enough. The soldiers are more incentivized to have bigger guns ready to go in a shoebox under the bed of Bridger. Especially, we're probably going to use it a lot earlier too, right? Because things that to a normal person would be hard become insurmountable challenges, right? Imagine if they're trapped, I don't know, in a house. Instead of like shooting through the door and trying to make an escape that way, well, I don't know. That probably is a bad example. I think it, there's a couple ways to get through that. My main point is that you have a lot less breadth of options, and so proportional response is hard. That's true. So you think Bridger should walk around with, like, I don't know, a deck of cards on which is printed 52 get-out-of-problem-free cards that he can animate at will? Yeah, I think I think that's true. I think he also has some. They, they, he was packing, like, little guns and, like, potions and stuff, which seemed like get-out-of-problem-free cards in some sense. Yes. What is Dominic going to make of that, by the way? Who knows? I mean, what would anyone make of it? Sure. But what is Dominic in particular going to make of the tiny suitcase filled with tiny toy guns and like scraps of paper that say health potion? I'm assuming misspelled. (laughs) That's very cute. I don't know how Dominic is with children. I don't think we ever have seen Dominic with a child. We always see Dominic for like one chapter and (laughs) then he disappears and we only hear him from like all of his effects. I can only assume he would also be super creepy with children. This is fair. You know, I think all of my childcare training, the first lesson was don't smell the children. <laughs> he, he's right out the... failed immediately, right out the gate. We find out Mycroft is 31 and that he committed his crimes when he was about 17. Mm-hmm. So he must have taken his adulthood competency exam before he turned 17 to become a mason. And then it sounds as though his crimes were philosophically motivated. I wish he got into what that philosophy was. And, more interesting to me, if he now thinks he was wrong. In the philosophical sense, not in the moral sense. Mm -hmm. I mean, clearly, we find out at the end of the chapter, Bridger led him to believe in a god and providence. Which, yeah, that feels like an appropriate response. But I'd be super curious to hear what his opinion was on the things that he thought prior to that. But it's hard to even guess without knowing exactly what those things are. Was he even so enamored with the Enlightenment at the time? Mm-hmm. Well, I think, first, that I don't think it's just Richard. He isn't, Richard probably a part of it, but he ha- most of the things he, he says are things that aren't related to Bridger, or aren't Bridger. So he talks about why he kills exactly 17 people, or why... Why those 17 people, why he was spared, right. But I think that's all fundamentally a reaction to Bridger. I think if it was not for Bridger, he would have just thought he did it because he... Who knows? I don't know his... I don't know his philosophy, but, you know, he felt like it. He's a nihilist. Whatever it happens to be. Um, he got way too into, I don't know what the edgy teens are into these days. I should really Google that. No, no, I shouldn't Google that. I don't want Google getting the wrong idea. (laughs) In any case, I think were it not for Bridger, 
he would not have believed that there was such meaning to his previous actions or the fact that he was spared or the presumptive fact that he has some sort of brain chip implanted into his brain that makes him care about his lost self. Or maybe he doesn't. Maybe the fact that he sees the lost self as a distinct entity is why he's so comfortable with the suffering of the other servicers. Because he sees them as almost like him before whatever this change that happened he seems comfortable with his, with his own suffering as well. That's true. Um, I think he's just kind of cool with suffering in general, though. Yeah. And if I was putting a brain chip in a horrible murderer... If I was recoding the brain of a horrible murderer, Mycroft, as presented, is actually not very far from what I would probably end up with. Really? Yeah. What What would... What, this would opt- he can't lie to you. Mm-hmm. He's obedient to a fault he mm-hmm. believes so strongly in the system he exists in that horrible things happening to his companions don't even cause him to flinch and yet he also thinks that people who aren't his crimey companions deserve protection for the most part like i get where they were coming from if this is almost entirely a constructed person interesting loyalty might have been a cool one to add in like that, maybe loyalty is really hard to manipulate, but he is he is not as loyal as I would have liked. Although he is to Jed Mason, who I suspect he was, I don't want to use the term gift, but kind of a gift for. Mm-hmm. Just reading. Okay, so I think we get a couple things interesting about the familiarities. Mm-hmm. So the, the mechanism by which you become familiarities is a contract, which is interesting. Yes. But I, I don't think he was a familiaris before he was a murderer. I think that's a, and that's part of the betrayal situation. That seems so. You think he was forced to sign a contract to make himself liable to imprisonment, torture, or death? Uh, I don't know if I would actually go with forced. I think he was a mason, and then did some murders, and then they messed with his head. And made him a familiaris. Could you can, could you argue that messing with someone's head such that they were willing to sign that contract is forcing? Sure. But I don't think you would need to force Mycroft Canner, as presented post-presumptive brain shift, to sign anything like that. I think he'd be all mm-hmm. about it. I think his lost self would have needed to be forced, but I don't think that person exists in a meaningful sense. Okay. That's... Until, of course, we get a little further on, and we find out, I don't know, that his mangled ear is from the surgery, and, like, the chip falls out after he's in a car accident. And then we get old Mycroft back. That's going to be a fun chapter. Oh. Actually, I like that. Maybe the ear was from the surgery. At some point, declares that Mason was supposed to be the judge, juror, and, and he can't actually say the word. Execution, which is interesting. And then we get that, in fact, the reason why death has been made so much a thing with Occam and Mason is because almost no one does it anymore. Like, there, there are no death penalties, or very little death penalties. There's one death penalty, and mm-hmm. Occam can just murder you, not as a death penalty. He just can kill people. Well, <laughs> that's in defense of the hive. I bet if he just went to, like, a... Uh, a cafe and shot some guy that would probably be not okay 
I, I don't think they'd be okay with it if he killed someone in defense of the hive. I think people would be upset. But I think there's also a meaningful distinction between a death penalty, which the emperor can cast upon someone, and just giving someone a license to kill. Like, when James Bond shoots a terrorist, he's not executing a death penalty upon the terrorist. He's just murdering a guy. I, th- that, I think that's... I think the comparison to James Bond isn't apt because, and maybe more to like a security guard shooting an intruder. Have we heard much about the limits of Occam's right to murder people? No, but it's specifically because he's a guard of the cars. Sure, but you could give your guard a license to kill. And the Black Laws (laughs) stab people all the time. Black Laws... Uh, yeah, no, that's that's fair. I don't. I I think that both Thing <laughs> and the Flak Laws are different from executions, death death penalties. Yes, and as there's only it specifically tells us that the only person who can do death penalties is the emperor, and specifically only to Lex familiaris. I think. Uh maybe, but I'm not. I'm not entirely sure that that's the case. Okay. Uh, well, I suppose you know this book better than me, so you could just be telling me the true answer, but I'm I'm skeptical. I got the sense that Masonic law allowed for death penalties after like a trial, and that the emperor for the familiaris could skip the trial and just declare that there would be a torture happen. That's reasonable. Yeah, so that that was my takeaway from mm-hmm. how that all worked. I think I was maybe I'm reading a lot into the 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 repetition of familiaris. I wonder how a Masonic trial works. I don't know. I'm super curious to find out more about the Masons. Edgy Mycroft made the right choice, at least. He picked the best organization to sign on with. Mm-hmm. Uh, let me pull up my notes and see if I have any more thoughts. Uh, Mycroft suggests that he was a victim of some childhood trauma that led him to commit his crimes during a little sort of musing on how the reader really wants to know more about what happened and would like this to be an autobiography of Mycroft Canner. I don't think there was a childhood trauma. I think that he was mostly just playing into expectations with that. And what he goes on to say, which is that, yes, you will find out about me, but this is a history of Bridger and our transformation. Uh, The exact quote was, this is a history of Bridger and our transformation, not of my lost self. And that was what set me off thinking about how the lost self was being treated as a different entity. Mm -hmm. I think our transformation refers to society rather than to Bridger and Mycroft in particular. That's like the thesis he gave at the beginning of the book, right? This is a book about why you're in the world you're in. Yes. I do think that he should have explained what his philosophy was that led him to do all of his murders, and which then led him to turn himself in for them, which I think happened after Kohaku. Um, We know he was stormed in upon next to the body. We learned that in the censor's office. So that was his last one. But I'm really curious to find out why he thought the murders were a good idea. I'm intrigued and look forward to finding out more. Did we learn that he was caught with Kohaku? I think so. One second. Sure, go back and check on me. Uh, Yeah, I think Vivian was talking about it, or he was thinking about it while talking to Vivian, um, that he was in the room with Kohaku when he was stormed in on by the guards, 
and he had failed to smudge out the blood. Because that was why he was on a time limit at all. No, I, I don't think that... Maybe you're reading this differently from me, but Vivian says that uh, the numbers are written through Kohaku Mahdi's last message, written Kohaku's own blood. Those exact numbers, not the killer's name, not a farewell to their bash, or me. Just the numbers. You tried to smear it out. The police thought it was security code. They never found out to what. And he keeps asking what the, the names are. Hmm. Maybe I did read too far into that then. I mean, it's consistent with the police finding him there. It is. Maybe it was suggested at some other point, because I... Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm nothing if not a fallible reader of this text. So, hard to say. Yeah. Does this make a lot of what he's been talking... Well, we've been hearing references to Mycroft and about various things about Mycroft for a while now. Does this make all of them make sense? Like, for example, the sailors who were going to sexually assault those utopians said they were going to go Mycroft Canner on their ass. Here's the problem. I, I was already assuming that it was something too much like this to have that moment of shocked realization, right? It had been mm-hmm. too clear for too long that Mycroft did something horribly violent. Uh, mm-hmm. So while we do have the details of the violence... I think the more interesting revelations in this chapter are the lost self stuff and the way he conceives of old Mycroft as a separate entity from modern Mycroft. And while it's interesting trivia, the details of his crimes, um, I don't think they actually reframe the story very much. I know that when I read it the first time, it was very surprising. Really? You didn't? What had you thought he had done when you were coming up on it the first time? I didn't. Think about a lot of what he had done. Oh, I've been thinking about it this whole time. <laughs> Maybe that's the downside of analyzing these things for so long, is I've more or less taken for granted since chapter two that he was a violent criminal. Well, I think I, violence is different. I think this is partially what you've gone over earlier, right? You, you called his crimes almost excessive, and that excessiveness is not what you I would have gotten from just reading the text, not what you got from reading the text. No, it's one I, thing to be referenced like a as a person who did something violent. Another thing to torture multiple people over two weeks. That's true. It, they are more excessive than I expected them to be, but not for me to be reframing this story. They would need to his crimes would need to be more than gratuitous violence, right? It would need to be. A fundamentally different kind of crime that I didn't expect. Um, mm-hmm. As it stands, I expected that he had done something violent and terrible to people for unknown reasons. And now I know that he did something violent and terrible to people. More violent than I thought. But how much more violent? It's actually hard to say. I mean, we knew that it was bad enough a genre of music was named after him, and that people spoke of him in the same breath as, like, gore photographs, right? So... Well, I think it's lots of room between notoriety and uh, and what Mycroft did. Because, like, many... Hmm, what I want to say about this, in my poor experience with serial killers, a lot of them tend not to be fam- household names without doing something nearly as long or intense or as extreme as what Mycroft did. Mm-hmm. Sure, yeah. 
And so, like, so I don't remember what Jeffrey Dahmer did, so I can't, I don't, I'm kind of using him as an example, because maybe he actually did something as bad as what Minecraft did. Um, he was the, he was the one who just looked like a regular old nice guy, right? That was why everyone was so freaked out by him. Didn't most of them look like regular nice guys? No, but like him in particular, I'm, you know what, let me Google it, because if I'm thinking of the right one, he did some stuff that was like, in the same ballpark. Um, oh, wow. If I'm recalling correctly, Jeffrey Dahmer did something along the lines of wearing a young girl's head as a hat while he drove along state borders. Okay. No, I'm thinking of someone else. Uh, but, like, horrifying things. Well, I, I also think... I don't think it's going to be, like, reframe the story. I think it's going to give something, some extra... some interesting twists. Perhaps. No, like, and... I'm not going to go to, to say... Like, say I, I'm going to go and I name some, like, fantastic killer. I don't know. Jesse James on your ass is different from saying I'm going to go Jeffrey Dave on your ass. Yes, right? that's also true. There's <laughs> <laughs> uh, different kinds of things. Maybe some of the earlier dialogue has been in rather poorer taste than I expected it to be. Yeah, you've got me there. But I'm not... Genuinely, I am more surprised that he kept a secret this chapter than I am at any of the crimes that we found out he committed. Interesting. I know I framed that in a jokey cadence at the start of this, mm-hmm. but it is truly the more shocking plot development to me at this point. Uh, then, admittedly, like horrible descriptions of horrible crimes. Old Mycroft was a bad dude, right? But mm-hmm. I kind of knew that already. And I kind mm-hmm. of already knew it was bad enough that everyone would know his name offhand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This may come as more of a surprise to someone who is reading this in a sitting. Or mm-hmm. someone who is reading this and not spending three hours a week talking about their thoughts on the chapter. Because that's left me with more time to ruminate on all of those little hints as they came and went. Mm-hmm. So it's entirely possible that if I was sitting down and reading Till Here in one go... I would look back and think, oh my god, there were so many things pointing at him being a violent lunatic. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't know, I think that I had seen too many of them to be truly surprised by this development. Yeah. I also think it's interesting that Minecraft still has very strong opinions about his crimes. Uh, yes. Like, he doesn't like to be called a mass murderer. Right, because no, he faced people one by one, face to face. And he also says he's always fascinated at what parts people get wrong about the crimes that he committed. So mm-hmm. there's some connection there in terms of continuity of self between the lost Mycroft and Mycroft the servicer. But uh, I really look forward to seeing if I'm right about that. Mm-hmm. And apparently he, he's going to reveal like never before seen known things about his murders in this book. For what purpose? Who knows? Well, and that would probably be very exciting to someone who already knew the things that had been revealed to the police. Yeah. (laughs) But I'm in the unfortunate position of not knowing what's known, so being told that I'll find out more unknowns is like, well, goodness, could you tell me... get me up to speed first, at least. Yeah. I feel like I should talk of more, but I don't know what about. I I think that's just because we've gone so long (laughs) on so many other episodes, and we had a pretty short chapter to get through this week. This is objectively true, but it feels like it... Like, I think 
in terms of words spoken per word read, this is probably on the higher end. That's true. But which isn't to say if you have a topic, go for it. I guess the only thing to talk about really is something we've already covered and have a theory for is why everyone is so comfortable with him. Yeah, I th- I'm I'm going to be really disappointed if I'm wrong because I love my pet theory on this. <laughs> I think it's a good theory. Uh, and I say that even knowing that every time I say that, it comes back to bite me in the ass. It's interesting that they don't tell Carlisle, though. I think like they don't if- tell anyone except the rulers of the world, because I'm assuming this is a secret program. Well, if that's true, then the the Kana Weeksbooth Bash has been keeping a serial killer in their house who they think is safe for, for no particular reason? Yeah. That's concerning. Well, I mean, maybe maybe it's a really good secret program. Like, you couldn't make this be public. I'm assuming the whole point of the test is, could anyone tell that our reformed servicer was reformed? And if they couldn't, then you know it's a good program to run with your lobotomies or whatever. They, they couldn't tell if he was reformed? I could tell he was reformed. Couldn't tell. If Mycroft, after his procedure can go on and live like a normal servicer, then they know their procedure was successful. I mean, this is true. Which would demand the secrecy. But I suspect we know that Occam knows. We know that Thisbe knows. We know that there are people who know. I think those people are basically the most influential people in the world. Occam knows? And Thisbe knows? Yeah, they... Yeah, for sure. Uh... They have the secrecy order that they're like, oh, pull up the gag order. Mycroft is a secret. You're not allowed to tell anyone. I think that's anyone who figures out who Mycroft is. Probably, yeah. I think that also might include some services, actually. Because at some point when we get, the sensor has to go collect Mycroft, one of the, some of those services know who Mycroft is. Uh, those services say he gets sick in the head. Some of the services seem more familiar. It's unclear. Mm-hmm. To me, whether they know... They might know him just as the weird guy with the brain problem, but let's be honest. Mycroft seems like the weird guy with the brain problem, whether or not you know he had a brain implant. So... Yeah, this is fair. Maybe yeah, they just as I, think as I started talking, <laughs> I, I started seeing my, my theory fall to pieces. But it's it's totally possible a couple of them figured it out, but I suspect that... Primarily, it is the most influential people in the world who keep turning to Mycroft because they know he has all of these built-in qualities. Because otherwise, why would he be important enough to keep being called to them? Mm-hmm. Well, he's he's skilled, right? Like, he's one of, like, three people the sensor calls on when he needs to do work done. Yes, I just didn't find that alone persuasive enough. And mm-hmm. if he's not only skilled, but compulsively honest... And obedient? Yeah, you're going to call that guy every time you can. It also makes Mycroft as as an investigator interesting, because it means that he can't act for a particular... It would make Mycroft as an investigator interesting, because it means he can't act for a particular hive. Hmm. Except for Jed Mason. Well, Jed Mason's not a hive. No, but I mean, he appears to have one loyalty, period, and it's to Jed Mason, who everyone trusts. Already. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a big fan of this theory. It's an attractive theory. It is. We'll see if it stands up. We will. I look forward to being proven correct. 
And if we're proven wrong, just remember, I never said this and don't believe any of it. <laughs> uh, and I think that more or less brings us to the end of the chapter this week. This was a big chapter. It was. How long yeah. was the recording? Uh, just coming on an hour. Okay. So we're about about how long we're taking per chapter these days, which makes sense. Uh, what about next week? Two chapters or one again? Oh, God. I want to say one, but maybe I can't justify it with it beyond my period interest. <laughs> it's going to be funny, not horrifying. When you... Huh? Did you say purient interest? Yes. Well, now I'm concerned. <laughs> There better be a real tone shift coming up, or I'm going to think poorly of you. <laughs> One chapter, so we can do the next two as, as two chapters. Okay. So for listeners who are reading along, only read one chapter for next week, and we will keep that in the, um, in the show notes. Yeah, so that which is Caesar's. That which is Caesar's. Oh, uh, that, if- which must refer to Mycroft. I shouldn't speculate on what the next chapter titles are in this, although I guess they're not pulling, like, the anime move, where the next chapter title just tells you what happens in the next episode. Is that a thing? Oh my god, is that a thing? That's absolutely a thing. It's it's bad. What, what were a couple of the big classic ones? Uh, I know Dragon Ball Z has done it a dozen times, where they'll get to the end of the episode and they'll be like... Okay, will our fighters be able to survive? Will the bad guy die? Find out next week. And the new episode, the bad guys survive and the other guy dies. (laughs) (laughs) And then that's what happens in the next episode. Because, you know, the anime was probably being adapted from a manga that they assumed everyone had already been reading if you were watching the show. So for them, it's like, oh, uh, 